from Los Angeles, California. This is Brett Gaffney. Uh, welcome back to a word before we leave, guys. I'm just going to give you a little heads up. I'm still somewhat getting over a little bit of a cold, so I might be a little sniffly in this episode, but pay no attention to my sniffles and pay all attention to Nona Pittman. Nona is a friend of mine and we have been just getting to know each other through the past few weeks and having very impactful and powerful conversations, whether that's topics about faith, about uh, what it's like to live in Los Angeles in the modern era, about the past, the present, the future, and everything else in between, and most importantly, justice. I'm, by all means, the exact opposite uh, of Nona Pittman, and our conversation is very authentic and very real, and I think there's something that everybody could learn from from this. So I'm going to let you guys form your own opinion and have you join in in our conversation today. Welcome back, and I wish you the best. Spotify listeners, support for the podcast is now available within our description. Feel free to click the link and support the podcast in any way. The money that comes to the podcast goes right back into the show, and each episode costs on average $50 to $60. So anything and everything helps. Again, thank you, and now the show. Hi, welcome back to A Word Before You Leave. We leave. Damn it. Let's try again. Just say it again. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Hi, welcome back to A Word Before We Leave. I'm Nona Pittman. And I'm Brett Gaffney. Hi, guys. It's been not a minute. I'm now with the new podcast setup and with the lovely Nona being able to interview more people and get some more stories. So without further ado, welcome back. We're glad you're here. And let's take it away with Word of the Day. Today's Word of the Day is brought to you by MerriamWebsterDictionary.com. This is not sponsored, but I know it will be one day. We're putting it out there. As you guys know, we've been putting it out there. It's Mm -hmm. coming. I know it. And today's word of the day is shill, S-H-I-L-L. Shill is an informal word that is used disapprovingly to mean to talk about or describe someone or something in a favorable way for pay. It is usually paired with for. So for pay was their instance. Mm. And their example sentence is, it's very common to see influencers shilling for different brands on their social media accounts. Now... You're going to say a word. You're going to say a sentence using Uh the word shill, and then I'll make a sentence. Okay, so it's a verb. It is. It's a verb. Okay. Hmm. Ooh, this is a tough one. I've never heard of this word before. I know. When I read it before, like like Mm -hmm. I just said like a minute ago, I was like, I've never heard of this one. Yeah. I would never shill just to make money. Is that a thing? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of like, like you're like shilling yourself out um yeah. so that people bring money i would to never you. shill myself out so that people can bring money to me yeah, is that like yeah, a better yeah. way of yeah. saying it yeah okay. i think that counts okay i mean and that's a true no, sentence too <laughs> that is a true sentence yeah and then for me i would be um hmm. i once knew a man who had the gall to shill mm. me for sponsorship because I am Mr. Merriam-Webster Dictionary, Ooh. and that man's name was Brett Gaffney. <laughs> That's awesome. Two good words. Gall's a good word. Thank you. Like I'm it. a little bit of a wordsmith. I got nice. wordsmith from Emily Shakai. Hell yeah. And she was Shout like, out, Emily. She's like, I consider myself a wordsmith. And Love I was it. like, I'm taking, taking that, that phrase. That's mine now. Yeah. Um, but Nona. Brett. I think it's time we just get the ball rolling and start with the interview. Let's do it. Tell me 
What is the one thing in your life that gets you out of bed every single day? The one thing that gets me out of bed is my justice, my care for justice led by faith. I know that's kind of like multiple things, but faith and justice are definitely the two most important things to me. So them wrapped in one is what wakes me up, makes me keep doing what I'm doing. What has spurned that kind of passion? I have had a whole faith journey. I recently wrote about it. Grew up in the Christian faith, quote unquote, Christian household, did the Christian school thing, Bible study, youth group, you name it, I did it. And it started out great. I loved the community until it wasn't. And I kind of saw the negative side of religion that I feel like every single person has seen. And it was really hard for me to develop an understanding of my faith practices and something that I was raised with while also trying to, you know, be a good person and live a life of love. And in my time at Loyola Marymount University, just graduated. Shout out. Shout out. Go Lions. <laughs> um, I really learned that faith can be something beautiful if it's tied to the right things. And for me, that right thing is justice. Justice. Mm-hmm. In your own words, what would you define justice as? Justice is, I'll say to create a just world is to create a world where everybody has an equally good experience of life just because they are. Yeah, yeah. Could you help me understand the difference between equity and equality? Yeah. So equality is essentially giving everybody the same thing, not understanding that people have different needs. Well, as equity is understanding that there are people of different identities and experiences and backgrounds who need different things to function well in life. So like, for example, I'm staring at Lizzie's door to her house. We are currently in uh, episode seven guest Lizzie Bromley's house doing the podcast episode. But this time we are with the upgraded equipment. We are. (laughs) Brad asked me where um, to record this. And I was like, I'm most comfortable at Lizzie's house. I'm here all the time. Um, I'm looking at the door. And, you know, for me, that's an accessible door, right? I can just put my hand down. But for somebody in a wheelchair, that might not be the case. So equity looks like giving them maybe um, a ramp to get up to the door or maybe uh, shorten the knob so that they're able to reach it. So there's a little bit of a difference there, but equity is the way to go for sure. Equity is the way to go. I fully believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I started somewhat educating myself more in the COVID area on like what does justice and equality and equity look like, mm-hmm. especially during like the protests and the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter movement. Um, and the Trump era of our lives Mm -hmm. and quarantine. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, what did that look like for you? Mm. For me, I feel like it radicalized me even more. Um, I know for a lot of people, that was a moment, especially in our age group, where people were like, oh, this is actually real. Like what people have been saying, it's true because we can watch this video. For me, I already knew that this was real growing up black and being told these things so i was like okay this keeps happening people are finally just waking this waking up to this we keep saying change things implement new policies whatever and nothing's nothing's getting done yeah so then i became even more radicalized and kind of lent into an abolitionist perspective of life which is what i'm all about i love the concept of abolition it really ties in well with my faith and just this idea that people are bigger than their worst mistakes and that we can create a functioning kind world 
So what does a functioning kind world look like today? What mm-hmm. can we do today to help make the right step forward? Mm-hmm. So the idea of abolition is based on this thought that our world is very punitive. Somebody steals something and we send them to jail. Somebody hurts someone and we label them as nothing or worthy of harm. And what abolition takes a look at is why do people make the decisions that they make? Somebody broke into my car a few months ago and it was really insane because yeah, I was, what? I know it was ridiculous. And um, I was having a party at my house, the house that I used to live in. And there were probably a hundred people there. And I remember thinking to myself, if somebody is so desperate to break into my car, while well, there are a hundred people right in front of them. Maybe there's something more going on. And so abolition and the creation of a kind world is getting to the root cause of those issues. Why is somebody spending their Friday night at 1 a.m. stealing $20 from a car? You know, why are why are people robbing um, liquor stores? And, um, you know, the most stolen item at grocery stores right now. Guess what it is? Moms need it when they have new babies. Is it formula? Formula. The most stolen item. So it's like baby formula. That's crazy. So it's like. Okay, instead of punishing these mothers for stealing formula, why don't we understand why they don't have that to begin with? And you go in Ralph's now and like formula is locked up. What world are we living in? You know, where like moms who just are giving to their babies what they need to survive are being punished. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I'm not I'm not shopping for formula. I don't have a kid. I'm Mm -hmm. not married. Mm -hmm. I'm a single white guy yeah. <laughs> so i'm this this is not things that would cross my mind normally yeah so it's like i think it's very fascinating to find the opposite perspective and i'm not you're not a mother i know yeah. that uh, <laughs> but i'm not aware of this mm-hmm. and there's plenty of other people that are in my same boat mm-hmm. is there any other things that you know that could be going on that is just super informative in that kind of same realm of aspect mm. you know i have I don't know who of my family is going to listen to this, but I'm just going to put him on blast because I feel like he doesn't care. My dad grew up in a pretty violent environment, um, spent a lot of time in and out of juvie, kind of ended up spending some time in jail. And it was always drug related stuff. Mm. Right. Um, People labeled him a criminal. A lot of people are still in jail for years and years and years for selling a little bit of pot. And it's just like it's crazy. It's not right. It's not right. And the reason why my dad got wrapped up in this is because he was living in poverty. He needed money to provide for himself and his family. And so I just encourage people to develop a deeper understanding of why people do the things that they do. And instead of labeling them as bad people, as villains, as criminals, try to like have a little bit of empathy and sympathy and think, if I was raised in an abusive environment, if I was raised with you know, the school to prison pipeline, maybe I would be the same way. And it's, it's, you know, they always say, put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you find yourself in that ability to, to empathize with them? How do you find yourself, how do you put yourself in their shoes when there's already so much going on in, in our lives, in our own personal lives? How do we find a way to make time in our brains to just pay homage to our fellow human? Yeah. I think it really can start with your personal life and your relationships. You know, people in my life have definitely done me dirty. I think everybody has experienced it. Hey, I I hear you on that. A betrayal, a slap in the face. 
But I think about the meanest people who I've interacted with. And if you get to know some of their stories, they're pretty tragic. You know, my mom, she's a special ed teacher and she teaches kids who are emotionally disturbed. So kids who have really extreme childhood trauma and have dealt with domestic violence. And those are the kids who are labeled the villains, the outcasts, the bad kids. But she's just like, they're just victims of their circumstances. And so for myself, even I think about like, the harmful things that I've done and the shitty person I've been at times. And I reflect and I'm like, oh, it's because I was hurt. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Or it's because I wasn't taught how to communicate my feelings effectively or because of some other trauma, you know? So just start with yourself and think of the things that you've done that maybe haven't been the best representations of yourself and think of why you did those things. And also like, you don't want to be known as your biggest mistake. No, no, definitely not. You know? And so maybe people people make mistakes. Up. This is a this is a normal thing. Yeah. Um, we learn from our failures, and sometimes our failures hurt us mm-hmm. in the action of it. Totally. Um, and I think it's important to find time to reflect on those. Yeah. Uh, but not beat yourself up for it. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, oh, I'm an idiot. You know, that kind of language can be very harmful to mm-hmm. yourself and to others around you. Because if you're talking to yourself in harmful ways, I can't imagine how you talk to other people. Yeah. And words have power. So much power. Energy has power. And so I know I think that there's a culture of kind of like self-deprecation as a joke. And I realized that even when I would make those jokes, I would kind of like feel a little icky. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You feel bad about yourself because you're like, oh, I don't like the way that these little comments and these like little nitpicky things I'm saying about myself make me feel. And yeah. maybe other people see that, too, like that insecurity, you know. And why am I saying those things? Is it to kind of like brush off deeper insecurities that I have, mm-hmm. you know? Am I am I ignoring the problem by looking at a different exactly. problem? Exactly. It's like a procrastinate procrastination of looking inward yep so this is going great so far i just want to hit the point where we have to do a little segment we're we're on the topic of words and i think this is a perfect time to do one of my favorites this is word definition i'm gonna spitball a few words at you and you're gonna define them i'll say one word feel free to say more than one word okay um but i'm just gonna say some broad stuff and i'm hoping to hear your definition of these things feel free to pause and think and take it in i will Life. A meaningful amalgamation of experiences. Family. The people who you love deeper than you love yourself. Home. Where family is. Friends. The best parts of yourself. Mm. Pain. Where our deepest flaws and lack of forgiveness for ourselves show up. God. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Language. Connection. Death. Unknown. And last but not least, love. The best. So true.
Mm-hmm. Well, now we're moving into the second part of the show. Welcome back, guys, to a word before we leave. My name is Brett Gaffney, and I'm with Nona Pittman today Hi. as we continue the interview forward. Nona, I love to segment the podcast into a past, present, and future, with future being a bit more ethereal and broad, um, but we're now in the present section of the show. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear, what are you currently doing with your life? Wow. I am a community organizer at a multi-faith, multi-ethnic nonprofit called LA Voice. Shout y'all out. We are fostering justice all throughout LA County. We work in different faith institutions, so synagogues, temples, mosques, churches, and we build organizing teams full of everyday people who just care about their communities and want to see a better city. And what has been one of your favorite parts of doing this? The relationship building, that is the heart of the community organizer. It starts with relationships because the first revolution is internal. And so when you first develop a sense of self and a love for self, then you can create action. So I have met some of the most intelligent and kind and hardworking and loving people. And that's always the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have any stories of maybe kind of like a more... I wouldn't say like hard day, but like a, a, a day you remembered. Yeah. We were working on this bill called SB 567 and we got news that the Landlords Association was opposing it because it provided protection for a lot of renters in Los Angeles County and landlords aren't in favor of protecting renters. And so we had to cut a lot of parts of the bill to make sure that it got signed by the governor. And that was a tough day because sometimes I have these existential moments where I just think to myself, is this even worth it? Like it feels like one step forward, two steps back. I feel like the news really contributes to that sense of dread. And so that was a really tough day for me because I was like, all of these people who I love have worked so fucking hard. Is cussing allowed on here? Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. This episode is unbleeped as per usual. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I have a little bit of potty mouth. Um, these people worked so hard just for this to get like cut up. You know, it's it was really heart wrenching. It was really hard. Do you want to paint a picture of about just like where were you that day? Like what was what was the environment that you're in? What did it feel like? Like bring us to the moment. We were in a staff meeting when we found out, and I believe the director of organizing, my direct supervisor, let us know. And there was just this moment of we were just so solemn and we kind of just sat there and we didn't even say much because what else was there to say? But this sucks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a really hard day. It was hard. Yeah. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. And on a brighter side, what did you guys learn from it? What did you guys take away from it? And what are we doing now to make it better? So to take a step back, I realized at least this is something, you know, something is better than nothing. And to prevent this from happening in the future, we need to build more people power. My dream is that there are so many people invested in organizing work that we have more influence and power than landlords associations. And it takes time and it takes development of different people. But if we can build those relationships, if we can have folks awaken to their own power and agency and show people like this stuff works, if you put in the time and the energy and the effort, this stuff works, then when another SB 567 appears in a few years, we're going to make sure that the whole thing gets signed by the governor. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And what keeps you motivated to keep going? It's funny because you're, you're talking about past, present, and future. And I think the same way. Like the past 
all of the people, all of the fighters, you were talking about MLK earlier before we started recording, all the people that put in so much work, my family members who came from the South to California for a better life, that past. And then this present moment where I see people who are hurting and I want to address that harm in an effective way. And then the future, like I think about this world where everybody has what they need and a world that is kind and compassionate. And so that trajectory of time is what keeps me going. The trajectory of time. I believe that everything compounds on itself. So it's like, if I do one thing today, it's going to add up if I continue to do it. If Mm -hmm. I keep just giving it a little attention, it's not like scratching an itch. It's like building a Lego set. One Lego at a time will amalgamate into a whole giant Death Star yes. or or Star Wars set or yes. city skyscraper or you know it's Legos it's, it it all builds on its on each other and the richer the foundation the stronger the tip yes yes faithfulness and persistence so it, yeah we've talked a lot about faith we've kind of tipped out around it I wanted to know what does your faith journey look like I don't normally lean into the faith side yeah, yeah. of a word before we leave but I'm not ignoring the fact because. Me too. I am. Uh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, and I believe in His life. Um, but what does that look like for you? You know, my faith used to kind of lean towards the evangelical side of it all. I deeply believed that there was one Christian God to believe in, and all the people who didn't believe in and accept that God were banished to like eternal damnation, and that's really fucked up to tell a kid it's first really of all like a four-year-old should not have to think about eternity in that context and so I used to just feel this pressure I went on a lot of school retreats you probably experienced some of this with young life yeah that I'm a camp kid camp everyone knows kid. I'm a camp kid <laughs> there was just this pressure to have so much of your identity wrapped in with your religious beliefs and there was this idea that like you needed to have this quote-unquote retreat high where you were just like on fire for jesus oh i've been there my oh my god my old like my high school friends some of my current friends they know that phase of my life and they were like he was awful yeah i was so not a good friend or person oh no i would put i would put young life over other people i would put myself over other people yeah because i would come out of camp with such pride yeah which is so weird because when you're leaning into people of like christian faith and and you, you think they'd have the opposite. Totally. Yeah. Live a life of humility. But I was just like so wrapped up in presenting this identity of myself. And the goal was always what I was taught was hit that retreat high. Be that person whose entire identity is wrapped up in this Christian person who was giving the gospel to other people. But now... I just find my faith just a part of my identity. We all have different identities. I'm a woman. I'm black. I'm an organizer. And with these identities, I'm not constantly reminding myself, I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. You just, you just, just are. I just, just am. who you are. I just am. Exactly. And definitely like the spaces that I'm in or how I speak impacts that. But I don't feel the pressure to just like keep it at the forefront of my mind. And that's how I feel with my faith. Like, yes, I speak to people in a loving way or I go to church most Sundays, But I don't feel this need to always be like, how is your heart? And what is God teaching you? It's just like, this is just a part of who I am. I love that you emphasize going to church most Sundays instead of all Sundays, because that was honest. And that's true. What what would you say to somebody that is in the same boat? Um, Maybe they're feeling ashamed that they don't go to church all the time. Maybe they're on the opposite spectrum. And they're like, oh, I haven't been so long. I can't go back. What would you say to that? 
God's not mad at you. So you shouldn't be mad at yourself. You know, facts. There's just so much pressure within the faith community and so much of it. And there's it's political now. It's so political. It's, now too. it's always been political, yeah, but it's sure. just a different kind of political. Yeah, now. It feels heightened in a yeah. sense. And there's just so much pressure to wake up on a Sunday morning, get on your best Sunday clothes, go to church, go to brunch after. You know, it's this whole routine and the routine can be refreshing. The community can be refreshing. It's also very time consuming. It's time consuming. We have Monday the next day. Like work is tough, you know. So breaks are important. Give yourself a Sabbath. Jesus yeah. took a nap, so you can take a nap too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was pro rest and mm-hmm. a little bit pro party. Oh, I mean, yeah. if you think about oh, the people yeah. he's hanging out with. Oh yeah. Um. So Nona, what has been your favorite thing that you've been reading lately? I know you're a reader, oh, yeah, and I wanted. I, I just had to pick your brain about books real quick <laughs> because this is the present. Yeah. My favorite thing that I've been reading, I love the author, Bell Hooks. She wrote this book called All About Love. I know Bell Hooks. Okay, good. And I was just gifted, actually by our pastor's wife, this book, which is The Last Interviews of Bell Hooks. Oh. And I've read pretty much every single Bell Hooks book. And so now that I get to read her last interviews, it feels like I'm closing a chapter of like a person who's really important to me. I have these butterfly tattoos for the book All About Love. And um, she's just inspired me in so many ways. She was, I think, one of the first people who taught me faith and justice coincide. And because you care about and love your neighbor and you believe in this spark of the divine in everybody, you have to work for their liberation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So out of all of Bell Hook's books, what's the first one you recommend to the listener? The Will to Change, Men, Masculinity, and Love. Have you read read it? Yeah, I've read that one. Uh, it helps me develop a lot of empathy for men. Yeah. I feel like in college and college culture, and we had like frat culture, sports culture, there was just a lot of hate that I developed for men over time. That book helped me understand that patriarchy hurts everybody, you know? Yeah. And I had a lot more empathy for men. And I'm a very emotional person who loves to have emotional conversations. And the fact that just because of your gender identity, you can be stripped away from that. Yeah. Like, fuck, dude. So you know? patriarchy, it's a big word. Um, and I don't expect everybody listening to understand yeah. it. I Even I hardly understand it. It's such yeah. a new topic for me because it's so broad. Mm-hmm. So if you could just educate us a little bit on how you see patriarchy. What is a patri- patriarchal system? Yeah. Patriarchy is a construct that gives men an advantage and privilege over anybody else of any other gender identity in society. And we see that in big ways, right? Like historically speaking, women only got the right to vote in 1920, whereas men were always allowed to vote in this vote in this country. And it wasn't even all men at yeah, the start. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how like racism also gets wrapped up in patriarchy. Um, I think that there are more CEOs named, I want to say like, Jim and John John than there are women CEOs period right we see that like in statistics and then we also just see that in culture right like the way that men's voices tend to be listened to more that that men get to be taken seriously more um so it appears in lots of different ways and I definitely saw patriarchy impacting my life and my family the different expectations that my family had for my brother versus me and my sister and as somebody who is outspoken and wants to wants to just be independent that really upset me so when i started to notice patriarchy and its impacts on women i was like this is fucked up and then i read the will to change and i was like wait it impacts men too this is really fucked up you know yeah it's 
it's been around for a long time, yeah. like longer than anyone's been alive ever. Yeah. And so it's very hard to er- erase it. Yeah. Just in one day, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's something that you work towards. Mm-hmm. And I think education is a great step towards that and helping people understand that we do live in a system that is totally. patriarchal. It's not a patriarchy. Mm-hmm. It has elements, a lot of elements. I'm not going to like diminish yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's there, totally. but it can change totally, and it will change yes. as humans grow their minds, yes. as humans understand each other. Yes. You know, I used to, I love that you said that I used to feel so down because I was just like, it's everywhere. It's in our messaging. All the presidents have been men. But then I had a friend who told me if this is all constructed, we can construct a different world too, right? Like if we've created a world where men are privileged, we can create a world where everybody is taken care of and everybody is respected. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm for that. Yeah. And not every, this is, we're getting a little, a little political today. Like we're, we're, we're we're on a thin line. Don't want to say something that upsets somebody. Midwest friends don't get freaked out. (laughs) The boys back in Nebraska, educate yourself before you wreck yourself. That's all I got to say. Hey boys in Nebraska. (laughs) But so I think this is a perfect time to go to another segment. Okay. And, I have an option. We can do one or we can do the other. Okay. Um, we can do wordplay, which is a classic. We're going to play a game. Or we can do words of affirmation and you compliment the listener. I want you to choose because this isn't just a Brett show. This is a Nona show. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is wordplay? Wordplay, we're going to say, uh, we're, I'm going to count down from three and then we're going to say a word at the same time. Okay. And our goal is to get to the same word based on association. Oh my God, we have Kind of like connections. Yes, like the New York Times yes. Game. So. And then words of affirmation is five compliments, and we just kind of just compliment the listener, make them feel all nice and bubbly inside. Okay. Uh, let's do wordplay. Let's do Sorry. wordplay. Let's do wordplay. Hey, nothing wrong yeah. with that. Okay. The rules are simple. Nothing in the room. Can't repeat something that's been said once we get going, and try not to talk about it, okay. and go as fast as possible. Okay. Not like rushed, yeah. but like quick. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want this to be like 20 minutes totally, of wordplay. Totally, totally. Been there, done that. Okay. I got a word. Okay, me too. Okay. Three, two, one. Clouds. McDonald's. Clouds and McDonald's. McDonald's. I guess I got a word. I got a word. Okay. Three, one, two, two, one. Whip moon. cream. Whipped cream and moon. Okay. Oh, I got a word. Shit. Okay. Okay. Three, one, two, two, one. Three. Cottage Shit. cheese. What'd you Cotton- say? Shake. Like shake milkshake. and cottage cheese. Okay. I had a word. I love it. Are you doing one, two, three, and I'm doing three, yeah. two, one? It's throwing me off. Yeah. Um, I'll do one, two, three with you okay, okay. on three. Okay. I got to think of a word. Cottage cheese and shake. Like a milkshake. I got it. Okay. Three, one, two, one. Three. Dairy. dairy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, Heck that's yes. so good. Such a, such a, such oh a raw gosh. moment. I love that game. That's games. So games are the best. Hey, are the best. Lizzie is currently doing a photo shoot and I can she see is. her right now. Hey, Lizzie. She's Hi, waving. Lizzie. I see her feet. Kick your feet. Kick your feet. <laughs> Don't worry. This is a no video podcast right now. So you're not seeing no feet today. Nah, her feet are dirty. <laughs> oh, she didn't hear that. She didn't hear that. Um, Let's continue forward. Okay. And... I've just given us the perfect amount of time where I can ask some big questions. Okay, I'm ready. I'm buckled. What is what is the meaning of life for you? I mean, it's that's an impossible question. Yeah. And that's why everyone's answer is different. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't often ask this question, but mm-hmm. I feel like your words matter. Thank you. I think for me, it's, I've said it in so many different iterations, but just to make sure that all people feel loved and respected and taken care of. Because we live in a world that is just so chaotic and people are hurting and dying and being abandoned and betrayed. And it's just like, I just want everybody to live a good, flourishing life where they have people who they love and where they're safe and they can eat good food and they can laugh and they can be in community with others. And I feel like I am so fortunate to have an education and to have, you know, two loving parents and and to live in a city that so many people dream of living in. And so I've uh, I've been dying my entire yeah. life to live in L.A. Mm-hmm. And now I do. Yeah. And it sets in sometimes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. And if we could just all use our resources and our little advantages to help other people. That's my dream. Just a world of collective care. Mm. Mm, so good. What do you want I want to be sober. <laughs> That's what I want right now. Um, I have been battling alcoholism for a little bit, and that has been really challenging. And I knew that I had an issue with alcohol, but I didn't know that I had an issue with alcohol. And so over these past few months, my alcoholism has really been thrown in my face and I've made really poor and reckless decisions that have hurt me and could have potentially hurt other people so I want more than anything to be sober not just for myself but going back to the meaning of life for other people because I have such good people in my life and they deserve a sober Nona what do you need I need to just accept where I'm at right now I am somebody that hates change. I think a lot of people do. And I love feeling secure and that I have everything together and that I know people and I feel important. And right now I have none of those things. And for a while I was like, just wait, Nona, just wait until you're going to get there because it will happen. And when you get there, it's going to be awesome. But now I'm just letting myself feel what I'm feeling and just sit in it. Because I think about my life and I recognize that the times where I didn't know what the heck was going on were the times when I grew so much and when I learned so much. So I'm trying to just not think too much about when it's going to be perfect and okay, because that time will come in its own time. Let me just let this moment happen and let me let it be hard and let me cry and let me hate it and let it suck because it's going to be okay and you can just hold on to this moment. What would you tell eight-year-old Nona if you met her? Treat yourself kindly and it will get better. Oh my gosh. Anytime I'm giving advice to somebody younger, especially somebody who's beginning college or high school, just that reminder that it will get better. I promise you it will get better is everything. I wish somebody told me that because I was so lost in college and everything sucked and I was so sad and then it got better. It just does get better. You know, I am an optimist. I I am because I think that like there is no other option in this chaotic world. So just trust that things will work out. I tell myself it will get taken care of because God's always taking care of it. So the idea of God doesn't work for you, it will get taken care of because it's always gotten taken care of. You know, there was always a deadline that needed to be made that 
either got made or it got figured out. There was always, God, when I was trying to find apartments, I was literally down to the last day and thank God it worked out. There are all these little moments in life where I didn't think I was going to get an essay finished or I didn't think I would get to a place on time and it always ends up working out. So just trust that it's going to work out. Mm. And what do you want to hear from 80-year-old Nona if you met her? Mm. I want to hear her say, you did a good job. I want to do a good job with this life. We all only have one that we know of. So let's do a good job. Well, in a sense, she just told you. Mm. You know what I mean? You are... More than your thoughts and your words and your actions, you are a complex human being that can move and exist and be a part of the movement. Mm-hmm. And to affirm yourself like that, I kind of tricked you to do that. But to do that is, is important and yeah. that needs to stick with you. Mm-hmm. Nona. Right. One more and then the final. What would you say to the hurting, the broken, the lost? I love you. And I'm not going to stop fighting for you. I recently left college and I was in a little service organization called Ignatians. Any Iggy's, if you're listening, shout out to y'all. Shout out. (laughs) And I just said to them, I gave them a word before I left. And I said, I am always here for you. You have my phone number. I'm in L.A. Reach out if you need anything. I don't care if it's a month from now, a year from now, now, 10 years from now, you will always have me because I think the worst feeling is just loneliness. And thank God I've never felt completely alone. I always knew that there was at least one person, even if it's just my mom, that there's somebody looking out for me. But I can't imagine not having a security of knowing that there's somebody out there looking out for you and, and caring about you. And I want people to know, It doesn't matter what kind of trouble. And if you need me to bail you out of jail, if you need me to start a GoFundMe for you, if you need me to pick you up from Las Vegas, like I will be there for you because everybody deserves that person. And I'm down to be that person. And that is the mission of a word before we leave. We may not know each other um, and we may just be voices that you're listening to right now. But in some way, we are here for you, whether it's just a word of advice, um, but We're glad that you've spent this amount of time with Nona and me, and I am just forever grateful to be able to do this and to share Nona's story and other stories. And now it is time for the final question, Uh, as Nona has been so well-spoken today. Kudos to you for that. Thanks. I love to speak. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been blowing me away. Sometimes I'll get someone and they're like, I feel like everyone on your show is really smart, and I'm not. And I'm like, that's not the point. No, no. Nona, would you care to share a word before we leave? A single word? No. Okay. I mean, it can be, but that's not fun. And it's, you understand the premise of the question, right? It's not just us leaving the podcast. Yeah. It's leaving um, all of it. Embrace the right now because there is good right now. I firmly believe in a God, a divine. And because I believe that that divine is good, that divine is here amongst us. I believe that there's always good. Always. I agree. What a word. Well, this has been Brett Gaffney and... Nona Pittman. And I'm going to say a few quick thank yous, and that will be the show. I want to say thank you to our past guests for Season 2 and everyone from Season 1, including Lizzie Bromley for hosting us in her house, and DJ the Cat. Yes. 
Um, I want to say thank you to Ethan Pate. I want to say thank you to Gavin Lake, Katie Tarr, Cooper Nidecker, Casey Gardner, Maria Small. And I want to say thank you to you, listener, because we love you and you deserve to be loved. And just whatever you're going through, it will get better. It will. Because it does. Because it does. And it may not be tomorrow and it may not be next month, but it will get better. Amen. This has been Brett Gaffney and Nona Pittman, and you have listened to A Word Before We Leave. And maybe you too can hug somebody today. Please. They need it. You need it. Thanks, guys. Now all I got to do is close the door, and that's it. Awesome. Thank you. Can I close the door? (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.